Hi and welcome to Detox Talks the Detox a podcast where we talk to some of the world's finest leaders about their detox rituals and how they maintain continuity in a world of noise and chaos how they make sure that the criticism that the world puts on them doesn't affect their insight and they still continue to perform as well as they do thanks for tuning in this is Kunal Chandirmani and you are listening to Detox Talks the Detox with Chris Raminini on the podcast. Chris is the founder of fireflies.ai, a enterprise software company. Chris was featured amongst the top founders changing business on the cover of the Entrepreneur magazine alongside being featured in Forbes and Gartner. He's awesome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you Kunal for having me. I'm excited. So Chris, as a founder, I think you go through so many different stages all the way from from fire fighting almost every single day with new challenges and it's just such a changing landscape it's like an organism in itself. So what would you say was the most challenging moment for you as a founder given the amount of scaling you've done in the past year? I think there's for some people, especially founders, uh, they realize that it's a solo journey because there aren't a lot of people that you can talk to as you go through this. You have a great co-founder. Like I, I'm very fortunate to have my co-founder, Sam, that helps uh, with the process. But beyond that, uh, a lot of times founders don't have an ecosystem of other people that they can lean on. And there's also a lot of this fear of missing out or fear of someone doing something amazing and you're not, right? So people have that imposter syndrome or people have the stress of, wow, these people started a company after us, but they're so much farther ahead, right? Like we've seen companies that have become rocket ships that have started after us. We've seen companies that have kind of gone up and crashed. So I think taking the journey in stride uh, is really important. And so when I think about difficult times, there isn't any one single difficult time. Uh, it'll always be difficult and the nature of difficulty will change. The problems will change, but there will always be problems that you will have to solve. So in the early days, the problem could be that, hey, we need to build something people use. And then later on, oh, great, people are using it. Now we need to scale this up. And as you scale this up, oh no, like it's not up all the time or there's bugs and you solve that. And then you're like, oh, there's costs you have to deal with. Okay, great. Now you need a team to manage and build uh, this process out for, and you need to hire the right people. So everything, you know, if you extrapolate out is a system that you build and you have to build subsequent like systems below it uh, in order for it to work out. And so the nature of problems always changes, but problems will always be there. So the most important thing that I've learned, you know, to deal with that challenge is that you have to accept where you are. And I have to accept what I have, the cards that I have, and I have to accept, you know, who we are as a team and what you can do with the resources that you have. Like there's going to be some companies that have more funding. There's going to be some companies that have amazing, amazing like engineers. Uh, but you have to play with the cards that you're given and, you have to work your way way through that, right? And so that's been kind of my learnings through the journey. So for a minute, looking in the review mirror, where was the very first time you came through this realization? And because it's such a deep realization, I think when we very often look back in retrospect, uh, so this is really beautiful quote I 
I really admire that history can only be understood backwards, but can only be lived forward. <laughs> so it's 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 insane that when you, when we look in the review mirror, it's often very clear. But when you were in the moment, going through one of those challenges that really uh, got you worried or got you in your element, uh, what was the mental system that helped you get forward rather than being stuck on the same? The one philosophy that I run by is that we can't stress over the things that we can't control. There's a lot of things that I want to control, but there are certain things that I may not necessarily have influence over. So when we were building, the, a lot of the realizations had to be like, is this a problem that I can solve? Or is this a problem where fundamentally something I can't control? And am I even solving the right problem? Am I focusing my energy on the right stuff? So when I look back at the, the journey and then the experiences and like the mistakes and the epiphanies that, that come, you don't learn it during the fact. It's just when you reflect back on it, like you said, like when you reflect back on history, that's when you learn a lot of these things. I think the most important moment for us for this learning is that you get advice from people. You have to learn things on your uh, own. And sometimes the advice that you're given from other people are from a different context. They have different circumstances. And so it's not always applicable to you. And there were times when we've had folks that explicitly told us, this is not going to work. This is not going to scale. If it was going to work, a large company could have done it. Like, don't waste your time or don't build like a solution that everyone can use in a business focus on a niche market and build for those people. You shouldn't be building something that's bottoms up. You need to build something for the enterprise, for big businesses, because that's where all the money is. And we went against all that conventional wisdom and said, no, we want to build something that I myself would use and that any person in a company or organization or team would want to use. And that was a strong belief we had to hold for ourselves when multiple people were telling us that that was the wrong thing we were doing. And after we started that uptick, we realized like we had listened to all these people's advice and wasted, you know, several months trying to force something that we in our gut didn't believe. But then we start when we saw like something that we realized was going to work actually come to fruition. That that's, that's when I realized that, you know, you can't stress over things that you can't control and you can't stress over things that some people say, um, if you're going to fail, fail fast and fail on your own terms and learn from that failure because you're not going to be always right, but at least you made that decision and not someone else. That is so beautifully phrased. So just a quick note for the audience, Fireflies is used by Nike, Twitter, Intuit, and Uber, and some of the largest companies in the world. So Chris, when you got your first client, how was that phase? I think, I think as a founder, it's such a mesmerizing moment for me when we started seeing the usage of fireflies it was really individuals within large organizations that were starting to use it so some of the big companies some in fortune 500 and then they would tell their teammates about it and then their teammates would see fireflies in meetings and they would be like oh this would be handy for me and then before you know it within an organization you have hundreds of thousands of people that are using fireflies and that's how fireflies spreads so to today, we haven't really spent money on marketing or, you know, ads or anything like that. It's been organic. 
one of the most beautiful moments for me was like a customer that loved using fireflies made a video on how much it changed their life, right? They had injured their hand um, and it was really hard for them to type during meetings and take notes and fireflies had saved them so much time. And he took time out to make a video addressing us, um, the team, myself and Sam, and talking about how much of a help it was and how, how much of a no brainer it was. And those were the moments where we, we, where we felt like, wow, you know, we built something that it is actually valuable to people. And that was really, um, a very pleasant experience. There have been other times where customers like would tell other people about fireflies and I would meet complete strangers. And when I would say, Hey, so I'm the founder of fireflies. This is what we do. They'll be like, Oh, I know I already use fireflies. That's, that's really cool. So it's great to meet people that I've never met who know me or like who know about fireflies and have positive things to say, right? At the end of the day, we're building something for people to get value out of. We're building something that is going to make their lives better. And you have to deal with a lot of pain, like going through the process. Sometimes it feels like it's not worth it. But that one moment when you get like that one customer saying, this is awesome, this, this made my day, uh, it really changes things for you. So a funny add-on. I I first first got introduced to Fireflies Fireflies when I was on a call. I can't remember with who, and Fireflies joined in. <laughs> totally terrific. I think that's that's insane. It's such a great marketing power in addition to the word of mouth power that it does have. So it's insane. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I I honestly think that our thought process was meetings are viral. Uh, and if people can get value out of fireflies before they even sign up, like seeing it in the meeting, seeing the notes, seeing the transcript before they even sign up, that could be the aha moment for people. So we wanted to build a product where you didn't even have to sign up to get value out of it. And it's great hearing it from your words as well. I, I I love the graphic of the firefly flying up with that really peaceful face. <laughs> yeah, our mascot Fred. It was actually a coincidence, to be honest. We just said, "Hey, we need to name our meeting assistant something." There's too many like just only female assistants, like Siri and Alexa. Let's make it a male assistant, uh, and you know, to break the gender stereotypes and things like that about assistants. <laughs> And so we just picked Fred because it sounded like Fred Fireflies. And then afterwards, our team, our designers were thinking, well, we need to have Fred have an image. Like it needs to be, it needs to symbolize something. And we came up with uh, the Fireflies looking bot uh, and that's Fred. And so he's flying <laughs> around. And some people have said like, there's an idiom in English where like, don't mind me. I'm going to be a fly on the wall listening in on this <laughs> meeting while you guys talk. And then people started saying, oh, now I get why you use the word fireflies because it's a fly on a wall. Like people are just, you know, trying to take notes or like understand stuff without having to like, you know, step in and talk during a meeting. And honestly, that's pure coincidence. <laughs> like we didn't plan for it. Uh, people have come up with some crazy innovative ideas about the title, the the name, the brand. And that's awesome. It's, but it's all organic. Insane. It reminds me of this story. I can't remember where I was reading of Apple, the company, being connected to Isaac Newton's first bite on, of the apple. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> how they had come up with it at, at the time. 
a lot of times people don't know where these things will go, right? You know, if you ask Jeff Bezos, there was a conference, an event where he was asked, like, did you think Amazon would be as big as it is today or where it is today? And he said, no, like, no <laughs> idea. It was purely like I was there in a garage packing some books and like sending it to people. That was the extent, right? And then you fast forward a couple of decades and you have Amazon that sells everything and owns, I think, like 40% of e-commerce uh, or more than that, probably. But yeah, it's you start small. That's that's the thing. And hopefully it starts compounding over time. Insane. So uh, just a question out there. Why Fred? <laughs> yeah, for us, Fred was just, we needed someone uh, with the name starts because with F, like we said, okay, we need to have a person's name that starts with uh, F. And honestly, we just said Fred. And <laughs> actually you can invite Fred at fireflies.ai to your meetings. And Fred is an AI assistant. Um, we actually don't have anyone on our team named Fred. So there's less confusion there. <laughs> so if we were to, we're going to have to get that Fred a different email so that he doesn't get invited <laughs> to all these meetings. But yeah, so Fred at Fireflies.ai is a fully automated AI assistant. It's the bot that joins your meetings on Zoom, on Google Meet, and all these other platforms. It sits in, it takes notes, 100% automated, um, machine, but almost human level accuracy on the, on the transcripts and all that good stuff. Insane. So uh, uh, that, I, I'm just wondering if someone has the email Fred at the rate Fireflies, you have a really full calendar. Yeah. So we'll have to make sure we get those that person a different email at that time. So uh, taking a step back uh, throughout your entire journey at any of those moments, what do you, what would you say are a couple go-to detox rituals for you? For me, I never intentionally had any detox rituals that I had planned or a process in place. It was more of learning to deal with stress, learning to deal with when there's too much on your plate and coming to a few realizations. The reality is there will always be more work, no matter how fast we're finishing work or how effective we're at our jobs or our business, there's always gonna be more work, right? We never escape from that responsibility. And you have to tell yourself, how do you pace yourself, right? How do you manage the things that matter? And I had the tendency of getting involved in every little detail, right? And I, every single support ticket, every single design decision, every single, uh, you know, bug report, like everything, like I, I wanted to understand perfect everything, right? Being a perfectionist was like all like, it's, it's so embedded into your DNA that it can be overwhelming because even for someone that can have high bandwidth, there comes a time when the things you could do when you have a 10 person team versus the things you can do when you have a 70 person team uh, is very different. 70 people, like you're not going to have that bandwidth. So the things that I like to do is every week, I try to figure out what are my three priorities for that week. And I try to figure out who are the three to five key people that are driving those priorities, right? Whether it's my managers or it's the manager of managers and then working with them on those priorities and understanding that there's going to be other stuff that's going to be burning, right? There's going to be fires that need to be put out, but those fires can burn a little bit longer while I focus on the key things that matter. As long as I've made those like two or three key decisions that week that help drive the business, I know that I can then move to the next sequence of events. So it's really about prioritizing which problems you want to solve and who you need to work with to get that done. 
And for me, detoxing is really about blocking out and having a structured set of like tasks that I need to do. Um, we build meeting software, but I say this time and time again, but I hate meetings personally. And so I try to avoid meetings as much as possible. And the reason we have fireflies is so that if we can't attend a meeting, uh, someone else can, and which is fireflies and transcribe it, summarize it so that I can review that afterwards, saves me time. And so the things that I like to do is block off times where I have a couple days of the week where there's no meetings whatsoever. I'm just focused on thinking. I go on a walk. I'm essentially reading. I'm reflecting. And that to me is like the perfect detox. Because if you're always doing, if you're always having meetings, and if you're already always completing tasks, it just doesn't work. Steve Jobs had a thing that said he had 50% of his calendar open for him to just think. Because sometimes thinking is the most important thing because you have to reflect, you have to analyze, you have to introspect, and then you have to bring all that context together. So as a founder, you know, I might not be the best at a particular area, but I will probably have the most context on everything and can put those things together. So I am doing a disservice to my team if all I'm doing is jumping meeting to meeting without trying to sit and understand. So for me, a detoxing is having days where there's no meetings, having where days where there's no electronic distractions, where I am just picking a problem, thinking about it, walking, going on walks, going out in nature, being away from crowds or from the city. Um, that helps me de-stress a lot. That's insane. It's something I really try to, uh, like, I've tried to keep all my meetings for Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, and keep the other four days completely free. That headspace is so valuable. It just gives you so much time to think. <laughs> Absolutely. When did you realize, what was the epiphany that got you to set up a system uh, for yourself? Yeah, the epiphany was that I had a lot of things in my mind that I needed to do. And then eventually you start missing details, right? So at Fireflies, we have a culture of having documentation, having a culture of writing everything down. Sometimes we get into these passionate arguments and, you know, try to debate our teammates uh, when we're on like calls and stuff like that. But we found that when you have a chance to communicate over writing, like, you know, you're sending a long Slack message or you're creating a document you actually get a chance to iron out a lot of things and it actually makes the decision-making process easier because you are getting more time to flush things out. It's like, if you're writing an essay, you have an initial draft and then you keep polishing it over and over again. So that's, I think where it helps. Like I love to just sit and write as well, as much as I like to think. And that is a helpful process for improving it's also like a good process for people that are reflecting, right? People that are dealing with like stress. Um, sometimes it's good to like write down what are the things that are causing you stress and uh, what are the things that you are tangibly going to do to solve those or handle that stress? And where are the times when you need to reach out for help? Because sometimes we can't do everything on our own. That's insane. There are two things out of this that I'd love to recommend for the audience. One is journaling. It's so powerful. Just taking out some time every morning, maybe just five minutes to write stuff you're never going to read. It's insane. The power of journaling to get you on track for the rest of the day. And second, keep empty days on your calendar. It's so, so powerful. So, Chris, uh, a different question for you. If you have a billboard in the middle of New York City, what would you put on it? 
Yeah. One of my things that I really believe in is you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. And the significance of that quote is that don't leave things to chance, like go for it. And uh, the biggest regret is not actually doing something you wanted to do, but you were hesitant, right? So you got to take that shot. So that's why um, make the most of every single day and live it to the max. So a quick add-on to the question now, the billboard was in San Francisco instead of New York. <laughs> Does that change anything? <laughs> oh, I mean, if it was quotes about work, I'd say like never, never get distracted in meetings again. <laughs> and then I would have fireflies all over. Like, I mean, billboard space is amazing <laughs> to have. Uh, and so I'd be like, never take meeting notes again, or never feel distracted again in meetings, use fireflies. That was the first thing that popped into me. Cause I'm always thinking about fireflies first. Um, but if it was for me, yeah, I think those, that quote is pretty, um, pretty important. And you know, life is what happens to us while we're making other plans. <laughs> That's lovely. So what is the most read book for you? Uh, I've read The Power of Now. I've read like several books that help you be present, um, books that help you try to think. Uh, you know, one of the books that I read in school, which was a required reading when I was in college, was a book called Flow. Um, and to sum it up, my interpretation of flow is that happiness is when you are in a deep state of focus and you're trying to get work done and you don't even realize time flies by. And it's only after the fact, you know, after the fact that several hours have passed by, you realize, oh, wow, I've been spending a lot of time working on this. You get that deep care about, let's say you're a designer and you're designing something, you're a painter, you're painting something, you're a builder, you're carefully building something. When you're super zoned in those, like those few moments, those couple hours, that is flow. That is like true bliss. That is true happiness. And I genuinely believe that being present and just trying to perfect your craft, the process of that is really, really, really good. And that's, that's what I've learned from these books before for me, it was all about the destination. Like I didn't care about the process as much as the results. Like, what do I need to do now? Like once I hit this, I need to climb the next mountain. Like that was the whole thing, but then that's never ending too. Cause there will always be a new mountain to climb. So if you don't enjoy the process, it's going to be a very tiring journey. Very well said. So moving to the rapid fire round, these are a couple very quick questions. Try to answer them in the least possible time. Mm -hmm. Apple or orange? Apple. Apple or Android? Android. Bangkok or Windows? Windows. Your favorite food? I really like Pad Thai. Your favorite movie? I like The Dark Knight Rises. What's one thing you depend on? Definitely my phone. Who's one person you depend on? Definitely depend on my co-founder. If you wake up in 2050 tomorrow and all that time is passed away in a single night, what would you do? I would probably eat first because I'm a big foodie and I would love to catch up on all the different foods that I've missed out on. What's the very first thing you'd Google in such a time? I'd probably like Google, what are the top tech startups in 2050? <laughs> That's probably the first thing I'd Google. So who would you say is the most interesting person you've met who changed you in the most profound manner? 
I would probably say it's my high school English teacher. So in retrospect, now if it could be anyone, I absolutely love growing up watching MS Dhoni. Perfect. Thanks for done uh, being here. This was so much fun. Thanks for having me again. And where can people find you? So you can find me on Twitter. It's Krish uh, Ramanini. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Those are probably two good places if you want to connect. And where can people bump into you in real life? Maybe a park in SF or by the pier. Uh, I'm usually there. You just heard an episode on the Detox Podcast. Do not forget to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform, whether it is Spotify or iTunes. We are there.